0: Hello and welcome back. I'm Lauren Maxwell and this is the audio version of We're All Friends Here, a weekly column for people asking life's big questions. Today, I'm reading you the piece that was published on June 18th, 2022. It's a little bit about Father's Day, but it's mostly about grief. What we experience and what our brains actually experience when we go through it. Sometimes it turns out that science is the best place to find a little hope. Let's get started. This past Monday, Father's Day, suddenly popped into my mind. With a little rush of glee, I thought, wow, it already passed. I was thrilled. Maybe this year, I thought, Father's Day had slipped by without my noticing. Without fanfare, without scrolling through one million social media tributes, without dread, without personal feelings of lack. Reaching for my phone, I clicked the calendar button. My heart sank a little when I found out Father's Day is still coming up on June 19th. But this year, it only sank a little. In contrast to years past, my heart did not scrape the bottom of the tank. That, I realized, is progress worth noting. For a long while, parent holidays were difficult for me. They dredged up sadness and disappointment, along with all my desire for a different kind of reality. Pairing heartache with unmet needs packs a powerful punch. Put another way, I was grieving. And every time those holidays rolled around, they highlighted my grief and made it feel more consuming. They were like an unforgiving shovel, deepening the pit. It was hard for a while to watch people around me celebrating Father's Day. It seemed easy for so many others, which made me feel alone. The heaviness felt impossible sometimes. But over the course of several years, things began to lighten up a little. It happened slowly, but I still noticed. Grief is funny like that. When it is acute, it is consuming, a weight you never wanted to carry. In those moments, it is hard to believe there might be another side of that grief, much less one you could ever be capable of reaching. Then one day... Sometimes, as a complete surprise, a little further down the road, you realize your heavy feelings are not quite as heavy as they once were. To be clear, this shift does not mean your grief has gone away. It is always part of you. Yet, as you live your life, it changes shape. As your grief changes shape, it also changes you most of us have had some experience with grief. We are all touched by natural losses, like the death of an aging grandparent who enjoyed a long, happy life. But in my experience, the place where grief gets really interesting and hard to manage is in the throes of unnatural loss, which is something deeply unwanted and harder to accept. Unnatural loss can represent anything from the unexpected early death of a loved one to parent relationships that were severed, unavailable, or fundamentally unable to meet your needs from a young age. Our lived experience of grief leaves nothing up for debate. It is painful and unpredictable. It moves in waves and knocks us off our feet. Scientists who examine grief validate that experience, describing proven physiological, and emotional responses to grief in great detail. They have evidence that, along with depression, stress, and other psychological repercussions, grief can cause chronic inflammation, which is dangerous and can even lead to diseases like diabetes and cancer. Grief can also negatively impact our cardiovascular and immune systems, one study showed that people's heart rates are faster for a period after loss, which increases their risk of disease until it slows back down. Another showed there might be an association between grief and higher risks of cardiovascular blood clotting. In other words, a broken heart can become something very literal. Whether your experience with grief stems from natural loss like a gently aging parent, or something unnatural, like hardship in childhood, which can take longer to process, the desire to move through grief and find homeostasis again is universal. Scientists say the process of moving through grief and finding that equilibrium shows up clearly in the brain. When a person is in acute grief, for example, they still associate reminders of the lost party with the brain's reward system, which is the part of the brain that lights up with dopamine when we see our beloved dog or taste something sweet. Pain comes from the recognition that the reward the brain wants is no longer available. As we process grief, the brain eventually learns to recognize the lost party as something loved but no longer there it stops expecting an active mental reward, or that rush of pleasure, which reduces our pain. So when I realized that Father's Day, though still not my favorite, still not something I track, and still something with landmines to avoid, no longer feels as painful as it once did, it must have meant my sweet, silly brain always full of hope and affection, always wanting to love and be loved in return, had finally learned not to hear the word father and expect that ding 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 of reward in return. Putting it in those terms admittedly feels a little harsh. It is making something black and white that I wish could switch to color. But at the same time, Understanding the physiological process my body went through to carry me from point A, heartbreak, to point B, managing something hard fairly well, is powerful. It renews my faith and helps me recognize my own strength, which, when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, can be almost impossible to see. A couple of years ago, long familiar with wading through loss, I remember telling my therapist that I was surprised. A difficult topic had come up, and it seemed I could finally talk about it without crying. I do not know why, I told her. The situation has not changed at all. She smiled empathetically. Time, she said. Time helps with healing. The pain is still there, but it is no longer acute. In other words, my brain had done its job and my grief had changed shape. My hope for every reader living with grief in one of its many forms is not that it will end. We know that is impossible. My hope is not even that it will change shape. That may take time. My hope is simply that you remember that every cell, Every neurotransmitter, every part of your own resilient body is conspiring to support you. Thank you, as always, for being here. I hope that if you're carrying some form of grief in this season of your life, that you find a little lightness, a little hope, a little humor. And a little extra support this week. Wishing you a really good one. I'll see you next time. Take care out there. If you enjoy these audio essays, please help us grow by sending one to a friend and asking them to subscribe. You can also give us a five-star rating in your podcast app. Every single show of support means the world. You can find more at laurenmaxwell.substack dot com.